I noticed that the stories that we were being told and we were telling ourselves didn't seem quite true to me. And the more I dug into this, the more I realized that the story that we were being told was a half-truth that put the blame in places where it didn't belong. And I thought if the Army Corps is going to be potentially asking for $18 billion to hydrologically separate the Great Lakes from the Mississippi Basin, people needed to know how these fish got here and what the true impacts would be and were rather than a lot of the, the hearsay and the hysteria that seemed to be going on around 2009, 2010. Absolutely, we should be worried about Asian carp. We've spent the past four decades or so trying to understand what impact they would have on native fish and plant populations. And every single time we find something new about them, we find that they are smarter and more tenacious and, and you know, more adaptable invasive species than we thought the year before. Writing Overrun, I realized pretty quickly with Asian carp that the story was going to pull me in a lot of directions that I didn't anticipate. So in order to be able to tell the story effectively, in one chapter I would find myself needing to go back and explore the impact of Reaganomics on the environment. And then in another chapter, I reached a point where I thought, well, in order to really understand this, people need to know how the Great Lakes were formed. I couldn't just talk about the future impacts they might have if we were talking about these historic transit ways that the fish were going to use. Well, how do you begin explaining that? Well, you go back to the Wisconsin glaciation period to be able to say, here's how they were formed and here's what the impact is going to be having today. Climate change in the Great Lakes and in the Midwest is causing enormous changes in how rain is falling on the region. But we can't just think about Asian carp in relation to climate change. We need to tie it into things like how we grow our food and how we build our cities because they're all connected in this way that we haven't really talked about. So I think most people are under the impression with Asian carp that we can eat them or we can catch them or we can deploy scientific methods to be able to halt them. But unless we start thinking about the ways that we are exacerbating climate change or the way in which nitrogen and phosphorus on our farmers fields are pouring into local streams and waterways, they're causing algal blooms that Asian carp are able to feed on like a buffet. So one of the conclusions that I wanted to draw is that it's all well and good to think about uh, eating them or scientific methods to stop them. But unless we begin tying it into things like how we grow our food and how we build our cities and climate change more broadly, we're never going to fully get a grasp on the carp crisis in the way that we hope we need to. I'm in, from Toronto and at the bottom of Toronto we have something called the Leslie Spit, which is this area of the city that has largely been built up. It's man-made over the past number of decades. But they're doing some tremendous work there building new wetlands and the people who are in charge of that were putting in these special gates to be able to keep out common carp but also Asian carp. They were forward-looking enough to know they had to plan for climate change but the frustrating and incredible thing that they could never have planned on was that it was far worse than they ever thought. And so while they planned for Great Lake water level rises, what they didn't anticipate was that in three of the four years after the gates were completed there were going to be historic highs and so now they've been able to see um, species like common carp that they spent all this money to protect the wetlands from now just simply swimming over top of the gates that were there to keep them out and they know that if common carp are there Asian carp would be able to survive in the same way. There was a conversation that we never really took seriously and its proponents were saying Here's this opportunity, really, to be able to reimagine the Chicago area and its f historic flooding issues to be able to prepare it for ocean-going and like Great Lakes vessels. Um, we can use it to be able to deal with some historic injustices against communities whose concerns haven't been taken seriously. We can use Asian carp as this entry point to really remake not only Chicago and to make it better for flooding, but to rethink it for the whole Great Lakes. 
And we never really did that um, because we looked at the price tag and we thought $18 billion to stop a fish, never going to happen. Um, you know, people would sort of say, Andrew, you're writing a book about fish. And I'd say, no, 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 it's, it's so much more than that. But we're just using them as an opportunity to be able to really look at the ways in which we have modified our landscapes in ways that we're now just sort of uh, having a reckoning with.